Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, and and welcome everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 57. Hard to believe. We're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. We're in Sugarland Baptist Church, the Man Up Studio. And Sugarland is just outside of Houston. So if you put your finger on the globe, find out where Texas is. Largest city in Texas is Houston. We're in the southwest side. And we're so glad you're here. We are in a Connect 360 Character in the Crown Study, Lesson 2, Recognizing and Responding to God's Voice. Man Up is a spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys just trying to get deeper meaning in our life. And what this uh, podcast does is we're looking to change the world one man at a time. We have a, a great lesson that we go over, and then we have an even greater panel discussion of the lesson. And we hope that you take the opportunity to just listen in and get some ideas, and maybe it'll deeper the meaning and help you along your faith journey as well. My name is Bill Cox, and I'd like to go ahead and first uh, introduce the panel, and then I'll go along, and since this is audio, you're going to want to go ahead and... Uh, and I'll let the fellas introduce themselves so you find out what they, uh, what they sound like and who they are. We have a uh, world-renowned trainer, uh, calling the professor, Mr. Robert Koshu is here. Uh, we also have, he's an attorney, but he's a prosecutor, and so if you're in Houston, he'll throw the book at you as Mr. Michael Cropper. And our class deacon is here. He's an insurance salesman during the day, but he's our... Deacon at Sugarland Baptist Church at night, and just a great guy, Mr. Kyle Trahan. My name is Bill Cox. I'm pretty much a, a sales guy in the day. I'm also a writer and actor, but uh, I absolutely believe that men need brothers, and that's what uh, this man up is about. Uh, basically, a brotherhood of like-minded guys uh, helping each other along the journey of faith. And I'd like to go ahead and uh, start by getting overall uh, impressions and let the panel introduce themselves. Lesson two. I'm going to start with our class deacon, Mr. Kyle Trahan. Uh, thanks, Bill. You know, um, this week's lesson is in First uh, Samuel uh, chapter three. Uh, we're talking about uh, you know when Samuel got uh, handed a very difficult task um, that he. Um, was reassured by God and by Eli that he was he had the what it took to deliver that message, um, which was the first step in his lifelong journey of delivering bad messages. I believe, and if I remember the stories right. But my my point was that I had written down is that God does put difficult tasks in front of us to make us grow into the person we need to be. A total man-up message. Hey, I'm all for it. Uh, 
Mr. Michael Cropper. Yes, Bill. I, I'd like to do just a short review of the previous lesson. This is all about Samuel, and we're doing the first book of Samuel 1, or, or 1, Samuel, 1 Samuel, book 1. There's uh, Samuel 1 and 2 also. But um, we were in the second lesson, as Kyle has stated, and, and the, the previous lesson involved the birth of Samuel. And, and as Kyle has stated, Samuel is one of the greatest, uh, most righteous men of God in the Old Testament. Uh, he was born to a Levite priest who had two wives. One wife was barren and the un, unable to have children, while the other wife had several. Now the wife with the children teased the wife who could not have children, and the teasing became so torturous that the wife who could bear children sought the Lord and made a promise that if God would give her a son, she would give him back to God and to serve God as a priest. And God did give her a son, and she gave him back to God. And of course, we know him as Samuel himself. Now, the whole thing that I'm going toward is that God really was involved in this event. And as you'll see, we'll talk about this in the lesson today, because he needed new leadership in Israel. The priests who were serving Israel at the time were committing many abominable, many atrocious acts. And uh, the sons of the head priests, who happened to be Eli, were offering burnt sacrifices for the people of God and taking part of the sacrifices for themselves. And that's a dedicated portion of the meat and the food that was for God to be burned on the altar for God himself. And they were also having sex with the lady doorkeepers and greeters at the synagogue. And their dad, who, as I said, was Eli, the head rabbi, the head priest at that time, did nothing to stop them. So God had to remove everybody. And that brings us to today's lesson. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, professor. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed, and I had to hit my memory banks a little bit, and I found out back, this was actually the same scripture we did in our first pot in podcast 17 the first of our series called to serve the exact That's right same that scripture. is and and it goes to something that we've talked about over and over and over again is that the bible's truth does not change ever however our perception of that truth changes periodically a based on our age and the things we're going and B, maybe by different circumstances or looking at a scripture through a different lens. For example, in that one, we listen to Samuel being called to his service. In this one, we're going to study and talk about how leaders need to listen and learn to listen. And then Kyle brought up another good point, how leaders have to be able to deliver bad news. And sometimes as a man... We have to deliver bad news. Absolutely. You know, so this is going to be a great study based off of that. And, and you know, you brought up you brought up a good point. Uh, the thing about the Bible is the Bible is truth. But we here at Man Up, we go around, we talk about it, and the also the people that are out there in the audience listening to it understand through our discussion the different ways of looking at and applying the truth to their own life and their own situation that, that they're in. And this is the kind of stuff that you can't get anywhere else. And so with that, I'm going to go in and I will read the, uh, the scripture uh, 
And then what we'll do is we'll have this roundtable discussion. And we are, the focal text is 1 Samuel 3. <clears throat> and the main idea is Samuel eventually recognized and faithfully responded to God's call on his life. <clears throat> 1 Samuel 3 goes, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli's, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was dying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. <clears throat> then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lay down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli... The guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognizes Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Robert, go ahead and kick off an overview of that first Samuel passage. Please. Yeah, it's, it's, well, first of all, Amos joined us. Amos <laughs> is back. You know, so, we're going to we're gonna have to change the intro. We'd have a pastor in our midst. Yep, yep. So, so. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I, I've always found this to be one of the more interesting ones because this is one where Samuel, he, he, he's not abandoned at the door of the temple. 
You know, Steve, right, right. Steve brought that up pretty good that, you know, she weaned him and basically he was probably two to four, somewhere in there. And then he grows up in the temple. Eli, by now, you know, he, he's kind of the low man on the totem pole. So his job is the last one. He's got to sleep in there and watch because the candle, the uh, menorah is what yeah. we call it now, the eight, the eight candles, seven candles. They couldn't go out. So he would sleep in there to make sure they didn't go out. That was part of his job. Eli, obviously, he's half blind and very old at this point. He's sleeping up by the front. Samuel hears the Lord and he thinks it's Eli and he does it twice and then finally Eli goes, hang on, and we had an other discussion that in our last time that we talked that Eli probably, it took Eli a little bit of snap to get that, hold on a minute, it could be God because Eli had drifted so far away at that point. He was mailing it a while day. since he had heard from God. Yeah, because right. no, he was. He was, he was I, I really like that term. And, and because we, I think we as men, we can do that in our jobs. We can mail it in. Absolutely. You know, and Eli has most definitely gotten to the point where he's just, he, he just he's going through the motions. It's passive. It's that passivity yeah. we've talked yeah. about before. Yeah, and he's going through, he's doing nothing but going through the motions mm-hmm. of it. And so Samuel comes in, hears God, God tells him, you know, basically, you know, Eli and his sons, they're done. They're, they're over with at this point. And so now, Samuel, and, and the one thing I'll give credit, I, you know, there are a lot of people that dog on Eli. They, they do. They really want to give Eli a lot, you know. God, sure. You, you just let How could he do that? You, right. you, you let your kids go rampant. We're not even, you know, y'all basically turned the tabernacle of God with the Ark of the Covenant into a money-making racket. For you and your family. Well, it's the same thing today. Oh, yeah. Um, but. <laughs> it's true. It, it, it's it is. It's real different. Yeah. But and parents not corralling their children. Eli. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion at this moment. No. Eli at least has enough snap when Samuel. And, and we don't get exactly what Samuel said other than he said he told him. Everything God had told him, it didn't hold nothing back, is how it was phrased in the scripture. Eli basically said, He's the Lord. He accepted it. He, yeah. He absolutely did. I, I and, and and that's the one thing I'll give Eli credit for in this, is he really did that. I think at that moment Eli missed opportunity to repent. Rather than saying that he's God, let him do what he liked to do, he should have requested for forgiveness and be sober of the, of the sin. He, he, did, he accepted, but he didn't me. repent. He hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Because what he says here, he says, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by an offering or sacrifice. Do you remember Samuel comes back and tells Saul when he's taking the reign from him and the authority from, from God, he says it's better to obey than to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So you hit the nail on the head. Both of you did he, the question is here, had he gone so far that he could not still turn to God and repent? He didn't even try. I don't what? think he had that relationship, exactly. Well, I, I, that may be, a, that's an interesting twist there I hadn't thought of. I was there with Mike that, you know, um, he had the opportunity. 
Well, so God told him what he was going to do for his sins. Yeah. Well, but he did not bring judgment at that time. This that gave Eli an opportunity the first time. Right. The second time he says that a sacrifice and all is not going to do it. Obey me. Mm-hmm. Will do it. Right. Right. That will do it. And all Eli had to do at that point was obey God, turn around, smack his kids upside the head, and get him, okay. go get him to get a switch, you know, or whatever, and turn it around. And he gave him a separate, oppor- a second opportunity as well. And he still didn't take it. And he said, "Well, that's God's judgment. I guess I'm screwed." Well, and earlier, this was his second warning. There yep. was a, oh, yeah, a named prophet that showed up back in two and basically told him the same thing. <laughs> that, look, you've got to repent here, dude. <laughs> and he didn't. Now, Bill, you, you said a comment. Did Eli know the Lord? He knew the Word of God. I don't yeah. know if he knew the Lord, as the Scriptures say, but, but if you go to 2 Samuel, the reason I'm throwing this out real quick, First mm-hmm. Samuel 2, verse 11 it says, Elkanah, who's Samuel's father, went back home after they left the child, and the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. So he was obviously getting righteous teachings, righteous direction. Now, again, that doesn't tell us his heart actually trusted in God, because you can know the scriptures, and you can do right things, right? Follow everything. I, can, I did. I attended church. You attend church. Uh, Many, many years before I accepted the Lord. He's a priest. Right? He's a priest. Um, One of the parameters of becoming a priest is that he might have known the Lord. Mm -hmm. I think the greatest sin is that his children dishonor God and the sin of dishonoring has consequence. By the time we bring it back to what happened between Abel Abel and this other guy, uh, Abel and Cain, it's a, a, it was a sin of dishonoring God. The same thing is happening is happening in the life of Samuel at this time. The children dishonored God, and the parents refused to correct them. Just as we said the other time that he was given ample opportunity to amend his way, but he just shunned the opportunity. I believe that he knew God, being a priest. I think after a while, though just like as if it was a job because it may have been I mean obviously it was more than a job it was his vocation it was his whole identity mm-hmm. but then after a while you uh, you don't do anything new you establish your rut and you've done it for so long <laughs> that you cannot change and I think that he, he his leadership style with his children had hadn't changed and he wasn't about to be able to change it now that they were adults he realized it was going to be futile and he, so he accepted because he can't all, all he could do is repent for his own actions he can't repent for his children but and he, he can't them. make them but okay he could have saved his own skin he could have exactly yeah. he yeah. couldn't save his children he could have at least attempted and that would have ended up saving his own right because yeah. mm-hmm. you um, can picture the whole house of israel is watching their spiritual leader mm-hmm. and his sons 
absolutely do abominable things in yeah. front. It'd be like our pastor. Right, right. Sleeping with prostitutes in the church, right in the middle of the church and doing right. everything. You can't imagine how destructive this was to the character of the Israelite people. But here's the thing, though. <laughs> and you get news, the news from God from a child. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. from a child that really it's had no idea right? and had no idea really what he yeah. was saying yeah, and, right. and, and, and so you know it was direct right. from so God I have a well, question for that's you guys the problem I'm having with Eli because the same thing happened to David when he killed Uriah yeah. Nathan, prophet Nathan came to him to tell him about his sin but David had his secrets immediately he repented from his sin Right. And this is the same opportunity presented to Eli. But he said, he's God. Let him do whatever he like to do. Right. Wow. Action. Yeah. So yeah. my question for you guys is, and you know, you, you may know, um, so Eli, when we talk of him and himself, I mean, you brought an interesting you know, question to my mind. You know, this is his job. He's a priest and all of that. Normally in the Bible we get, you know, Eli, son of so-and-so. Do we know where he got his start in the priesthood or whatever, or is he just a priest as we know of him? He's a Levite. He's a Levite. Yeah, he is a Levite. So he basically, he almost, it was almost like he inherited the position since he was a Levite. He, he, there is no other indication anywhere in scripture that he was called like Gideon or the other judges. I think they had just kind of fallen into Okay, so, the Levites are going to be. This is what Dad Levi. did. This is what Uncle yeah. did. This is blah blah blah. So I'm going to be a pig farmer, well, yeah. you know, because that's what right. everybody everybody does. did exactly. You know, and I mean, it, it said it in there somewhere. There weren't very many visions or anything. Right. So the point was that I got from that is that you know all of these guys, Eli and everybody else, the sons and whatever that they didn't hear from the Lord for some time. Okay, and during that some time, mm. during that big dash of not hearing from the Lord, mm. except in his couple of "Hey, you straighten up and fly right, mm. or I'm gonna get you," you know, from a God, or you know, from God, not a God, um, you know, he was able to fall into that rut, or he never even got out of it. He followed the same rut of Dad, whatever, because. That's what everybody did. Yeah. It's, it's just like today's society, though, as well. The more we get subjected to the little pieces that chip away well, at our morality. And so at this point, it's getting to the, the point where God's going to step his foot down and say enough is enough. You know, but how long did this go on at just little chips prior generations to Eli? before it got to that point and at some right. point you pay consequences the the after we get out of this passage and we'll come back into it but the consequences for this were uh, the Philistines came Eli's sons both get killed, killed. in battle yeah. mm-hmm. and Eli basically collapses and died more importantly though the Ark of the Covenant is captured. Is captured, absolutely. And off to, to the Philistines. He right. also lost the promise given by God. I am. Right. That's good. There, he also lost the promise. The there was a promise right. that his lineage will continue the priesthood, but after right. the 
the event, he lost everything. And I'm still looking at the sensitive matter that we were discussing the other time, that at that time, were they hearing the word, the voice of God? The chapter started that the word of God was so scarce. I want to believe that God always speak, God normally speaks to Eli, but when this uh, event came up and he was unable to correct his children, the word of God ceased until the time until God find a child ah. available. Huh. I want to he was that he was hearing a, he was he, hearing God. He was hearing God until he let the kids get out of control. Until, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree that he was hearing God. That is an because interesting. Because the same thing happened yeah. to David. David knew the heart of God, but when he finds himself in sin, God has to send somebody else to him to go and remind him. But immediately, I just love that guy. Whenever somebody corrects, that this is my take from the story that uh, we have. Well, whenever we are confronted with our error, we need to accept the mistake and amend our way. That was the opportunity that Eli missed. He was told the mistake, but he did nothing about it. But when David was told the mistake, he went to the presence of God. He started asking for forgiveness. And that was the ample opportunity that Eli missed. Yeah, yeah. he lost well, the opportunity. And and the other thing, and I'm the I'm, most painful thing for me from the story is the promise he also lost. Lost. He lost the promise that his lineage is supposed to continue the priesthood, but nobody succeeded him. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, his two children are killed, and his one of his daughter-in-laws has a son that they name Ichabod, but he we never hear of him again. Hmm. He totally the disappears in the. In it, the story, yeah. it's related here. Samuel again. I, I don't know whether they emphasize this, but Samuel is from the lineage of the priest too, the Levites. Right. Elkanah is a Levite priest, and he, in fact, ministers to the Lord when his wives come and when they all come to Shiloh to worship and do their part. I remember when we, if you look through Nehemiah and Ezra, mm-hmm. when they come back. From Babylon, when all the Israelites come back from Babylon, Mm. they lay out the names of the priests who would serve in the temple and those who would actually minister before the Lord. Mm. And there are two different lineages. It is real clear back then. You have to go back and read it. And and, and, uh, uh, Ezra, either Ezra and Nehemiah sets out the lineage of the priests who would actually set out the sacrifices and worship before the Lord and present the offering, burnt offerings to the Lord, and then the others who would serve in the temple. So what I'm getting is that apparently these two were of the lineage that would actually offer both in offerings there. to the Lord right. and, and sacrifice to God. Interesting. <clears throat> and we're coming up to our break. You are listening to the Man Up podcast live on tape from Sugarland Baptist Church. And welcome back. This is the Man Up Podcast. We have a great discussion going on. We are in recognizing and responding to God's voice. This is the Connect 360 Character in the Crown. And we have a wonderful panel here. It's the Man Up group. We have our uh, class deacon, Kyle Trahan. We also have the judge, Michael Cropper. We have Professor Robert Koshu. And our pastor... Amos came in a little bit late. We're going to let him introduce himself real quick, and then we're going to get back to the discussion. Say your last name for us again. Uh, again. <laughs> Say a little. Introduce yourself, Amos. 
I'm Amos. My last name is Benro. That G is voiceless. Uh, okay, and he is in he is in a seminary as we speak. So we didn't totally lie because he's not a full fledged pastor yet. He's just on his way though. So we're going to go ahead and continue on with the recognizing and responding to God's call about uh, <clears throat> the story about uh, Eli and Samuel. And <clears throat> one thing about it is um, is for men is delivering bad news. My dad, uh, and I hate to bring it up in the history though, he could not deliver bad news. Anytime I got a call in the middle of the night and it was my mom, I knew it was bad news because that call had to be made and if my mom was going to call me, she'd call me in the day. Yep, That was bad news. Also though, as men, I think so much of the time we bring it upon ourselves. I think deep down Eli knew. Eli knew he'd run amok. And when the Lord spoke through Samuel to him about it, it absolutely did not surprise him. And I think as men, as we go through life, there's often times that when we get bad news, instead of being shocked, we say, you're right. I knew it. I, I just did nothing about I, it. I think that's part of it. And, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run down this tangent super quick. Um, Eli and his kids and not being able to control his kids. We're in Sugarland, Texas, outside of Houston. And our community... We have affluenza. We do, but more importantly, our community suffered a real bad tragedy in, in Santa correct. Fe last Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a minor connection. My One of my very good friends from college is a deacon at the First Baptist Church of Arcadia, which is the church very close to. And there was some very panic, frantic texting going on Friday morning between my wife and him and his wife because we were trying to remember if all of his kids had graduated or not. They had his last daughter graduated last year, but we were we were very much going, oh my gosh, is Hannah still in school? She graduated. I can't remember. I'm sorry, Jay. Um, he knows kids. He knew people. Um, we have another connection here in this church to the situation as well. But we're in a spiritual battle, and his parents... Part of our job is to realize we're in a spiritual battle. That we have to be willing to stand in the gap for our kids and be willing to fight to help them. Because the thing is, if they listen, particularly in our affluent area we live in, Bill, they will head down that path. Because it's easy, because that's what the world says. And it's easy for them to head down that way. And so just, you know, that's one thing as men that we talk about, as Kyle and I were talking about, we were talking about it Saturday as part of our deal is that we're working on that you've got to learn to man up as a father and lead your family as a father. And that's where Eli failed. And that led to this whole thing. But my point is he knew he failed. Oh, he did. He, he absolutely knew he failed, and but it was confirmed when it was words from a babe. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. He also accepted it as, you know, it, it's easy for the human mind to accept the bad news and just say, okay, you know what, Bill? You're disabled as of today. Oh, okay. I have limitations. You don't even know what they are. I just told you you're disabled. But you accept that, and so many people do. I see it time and time again. You know, um, we I, have I, one of our well, guys in the class that you had brought to our class, Kyle, and he had a stroke. You remember that? He didn't accept it. He started working his arm and his leg. Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. So you can either accept, like you're saying, or you can try to improve and you can get off your butt. Yeah, you're man, you can man up. Right. Yeah. You can man up. And it, he's exactly the person I think of when I, I think of that because... You know, he just had his one-year checkup after the stroke. The doctor said it would be a year before he'd make significant improvement. <laughs> right. When he had his one year, they said he was 96% back. Right. So I'm almost 100% at one year where you told me I wasn't even going to start. You know, and he just didn't accept it. But he goes past that. And it's just the mentality. I love the man dearly. He's, he's just a, a heck of a guy. That there's people, he lives in a, a seniors community. And he pushes the people. He started a, a little workout type class, and he gets people that are in wheelchairs that haven't stood in however long, mm -hmm. and pushes them to think outside the box. The one guy is standing on his own now, you know. And so it's not giving up. And mm -hmm. Eli accepted his judgment from the first go round. Oh. Okay, I'm screwed. But you know well, what? And, but he goes back to go back to Amos's point. He could have at that point said, "I'm sorry." I'm sorry. Repented. Mm -hmm. right. Kicked his obeyed, kids out. Yeah, as Mike said. Uh, Mike, Mike too said, Mike said obeyed. obeyed and, and, you yeah, know, and God, God is merciful. Yeah. Just I'm right now. I'm looking at the role of God in this event. Uh, what was coming to my mind is that can we actually say that God was partial about this event? No. Because I'm just looking at it this way. If you send me on, uh, give me a message to deliver to men up that Amos tell them that I will not be coming next week and I fail to deliver the message. And you said, Prof, um, Prof, uh, go ahead to deliver the message. The next time you will bypass me you will be speaking to professor because professor followed the instruction you gave to him according to the instruction. Right. That was the scenario that happened between Eli and... I'm also looking at the period of the, of the children of God because God intended to speak with them and now Eli could no longer hear God's voice. And the word of God became scarce until Samuel was, was found available. Immediately Samuel was found available, God started speaking to his people. And the word of God was coming to, to his people through Samuel. I think, I think the, the, the part that we've really overlooked is this. Samuel saw, because he delivered the news, how powerful God was at that point in time. Before he even really knew there was no way that he was not going to obey God through his life after he saw what it did to Eli and the judgment, right? 
I, I call this to my kids a tune-up spanking. <laughs> it's amazing. When my kids were little, I, 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 I'm, I'm not really a disciplinarian necessarily, but when I lay down the law and I draw the line in the sand, you step over it, you pay. You pay the consequences, and I'll never forget it. My son was like three years old, ran to the road and did not look, ran into the road. No car was coming. I grabbed him, pulled him into the yard. His sister was right there. I gave him a tune-up spanking right there, and I showed her too. Neither of them ever ran into the road again without looking because of that. I did that. It, it's about leadership and disciplining as a father. Mm, absolutely. And, and showing that, you know, and, and as your kids get older, I know Bill, and Bill, you and I have talked about this a few times, you know, because I was the same way. When my kids were little, running in the road, you got your butts back. Absolutely. Because I wanted you to associate running in the road will hurt With pain. You. With <laughs> absolutely. Exactly. A- a- absolutely. Now, now, once, That's right. now, once they got older, it was, okay, uh, yeah, that Game Boy, it's mine now. Not a good idea. <laughs> or put them in electronic darkness or whatever. Yeah. You modify the discipline for the person right. and, and the event. But the thing about it is about leadership is this. You don't realize who's watching. Mm. Great example, Marcos. Marcos just doing, manning up, doing extra exercises. He doesn't even, he's not trying to lead us. We're just guys. We're, we are man up. <laughs> exactly. He's inspired every one of us, not by saying, look at me, but just by doing and doing the right thing. And that's how you can lead, and that's how you can man up. You know, the other thought I have on Eli is how corrupt was he at the time? You know, because, I mean, you figure, you know, if he's maybe not as corrupt as the kids, but he's gotten used to the lifestyle. Right. We're corrupt, man. There's extra beef coming in the back door. Man, that extra fine wine's coming over in cases, you know. Well, shoot, if I discipline the boys, man, I'm not going to have the extra special juice tonight, you know. And so it's easier once you become corrupt as well or semi or whatever you want to call it to turn the blind eye. Again, we see it every day these days in politics. Somebody may go in with the best intentions in the world and they're in Congress for 10 years and they finally got worn down where they go, you know, I know it's wrong, but if I let them get away with it this time, I'll say an extra five Hail well, Marys. Well, I, I, it's it's the Catholic version. Well, I I'll tell say you, an extra I, five yeah. Hail Marys, and God will forgive me of this little sin. I think it's about straying, and it's well, so hard to come back when you strayed for so long. It's, like it's, like, it's, like it's my a grandpa, exactly. right? Yeah. Like my grandpa always said. I, he, he went to church every Sunday. I asked him why. He goes, because it straightens me out, and it lasts about seven days, which makes perfect sense to me. Don't allow yourself to stray. Right. Reconnect. Get right with God. Yeah. And the that the leadership thing begins internal. 
lead yourself first. You have to. Then you can set the example for other people. But if you can't lead yourself, you cannot lead anyone else. That's why we need God. We need to continue the faith discipline. Well, it's the same thing. How can you get the speck out of your brother's eye when you get the plank in your plank own? Plank in yours? It's the same thing. You've got the oxygen mask on be, to save yourself first right. before you can help the next person. Well, and, and yeah. the other thing is, is looking at Samuel's part that he played in this. Samuel learned to listen. And I think that's one thing. And, and you know, we've all talked about it because we're, we're all, I am, I am chief guilty in charge on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, listening to my wife. Because right. I, I, hear, I hear about three words of, she, she called me today or yesterday and said something about she got a new project and before she got the last syllable of the word project out I was like well you've already got three others so what you need to do is set a project plan together where you can work you know and I didn't hear a word she said after you're that right you're already <laughs> filling out the, the rest of the question the rest of the hey, sentence listen I'm not even married yet and my girlfriend I do the same thing with her and, and, she has a project and, and, and guys We have the hardest time, and we talked a lot about this in the Six Battles. We have the hardest time listening because we are conditioned to be doers. Right. We're we're Gabe. Gabe the caveman. Gabe the caveman. Who who goes out and hammers on that rock all day. You know, and so we've got things to do. Day by day. Yeah. You know, we've got things to do, and so we're not going to listen because as soon as we think we've heard enough to solve the problem, we're going to jump into it. Samuel listened to every word God said. Mm. He didn't, I mean, mean, personally, if I'm saying... I don't know if he understood it all, though. He didn't understand the implication. No, 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 I'm talking about when he got the whole story about Eli. Because I'm not sure if I'm Samuel, I'm going... You want me to go tell my boss, my the guy that, the guy that, that is responsible runs the for place. my development? Absolutely. <laughs> well, what exactly? Surrogate dad. Yes. Uh, no question uh, yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. head, no, headmaster of the top boarding school. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm going to tell him that. Yeah, but you know, he also got the reassurance on the back end from Eli of, you know, don't hold anything from me. And, yeah. You know, gave him. His warning that you know God will punish you severely if you do, right? And you know that's you know I know there's bad news coming, son. Give it to me straight, right? You know, and he knew well from his past dealing with God already knew that his judgment was coming. He already knew what it was. It wasn't a surprise to him. This has already been given to you. This is just you had your opportunity. Now you're. SOL. One of the things that uh, it talked about in this lesson, or actually in one of the questions, are you able to recognize God's voice and how does this happen? One of the ways, and as we come down to the end of this podcast, I would just like each of the fellows to share. Okay, Mike, I'm going to have you read that. But here's one of the things for me 
we'll have Michael uh, share here uh, on God's call. But is that if there's something that keeps returning, God has put on your heart. You need to listen or you will most likely hear that voice till the end of your days. And if there is something like that in your life, that is, without a doubt, God talking to you. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get Michael Cropper to uh, talk about uh, hearing God's call. Folks, the gist of this lesson we have talked about and talked about the scriptures is hearing God and responding to his call. And, of course, we use Samuel as a reference here. And, of course, as you know, Samuel did not recognize God's call. Mm-hmm. Not the first time. Uh, Eli had to tell him to listen listen for God and answer him. And then later we learn, as Robert's mentioned, we're going to learn that Samuel hears from God quite a bit through through his books. But anyway, the author writes a little box here, a little recommendation for us that says, Hearing God's Call. And and I'll read his statements very quickly. God called out Samuel several times before he came to awareness that the Lord was calling him. Now, do you ever miss God's call? Stop and consider the following suggestions as you strive to stay in tune with God and hear His call in your life. Number one is meditation. Do you daily spend time being still and basking in God's presence? And I like to say looking for the Lord to speak to you. Uh, The confession. Is there any sin in your life that you need to confess so that you can better hear God's call in your life? Attention. Are you shutting out everything and giving God your undivided attention? Uh, Perception. Are you watching for God and His handiwork in the world around you? And we've talked about that several times in the past podcasts. You may not be hearing from God because you're not looking for Him. Uh, Participation. Are you joining God in His work around you? Dedication. Are you giving God your very best? And celebration. Are you praising God? for what he is doing in and through your life. And I will say this one one practical thing for me. When I hear from the Lord is when I sit at the computer and start typing and talking to him and, and sharing needs. And folks, I don't do that enough. There's just not enough time I don't do that. But if I'll sit at the computer and say, God, this is what I'd love to hear from you today or something and read scripture, that's when I sense his presence. Professor? Yeah, I... Doing all of those things is just, it's really key. You, Bill, you always talk about the soul's muscle that we have to exercise. Mm-hmm. And the, the word for all of those things, the meditation, confession, attention, perception, participation, dedication, celebration, they're all different words, um, Bible study, prayer, mm-hmm. but they're all one thing. They're, they're disciplines. And Absolutely. disciplines require us to work it. And, and I am firmly believing that part of the reason Eli fell out of favor is he literally did, he was going through the motions. You know, he'd go out, if you, if you ever watch basketball players or any other athlete, there's practicing and then there's practicing where they go in, you know, they'll go out and they'll dribble the ball, shoot, and okay, I'm done, I'm done, and they go in. They're not the Michael Jordan that would sit there and shoot 300 free throws because he missed a free throw. 
You know, that in our Christian walk, we need to be like that. That when we realize we're down, we're really ready to engage those disciplines and really build ourselves back up. Because if we don't walk daily, then it's easier to fall daily. Because the, the world, you described it, Bill, and I think, I think of it as a, as a almost Chinese water torture. The world drips us to death. It, it's not one big constant thing. It's, you know, little things. It's little drips here. And death there. by a thousand cuts. Oh, yeah. most definitely. Absolutely. Especially, uh, especially in today's society. Yes. And don't let me get into, since we're coming up into the end, and all the passive aggression that we have to deal with as men and all of that. Amos. Your summary of this week's lesson and what it speaks to you and a takeaway. My take on the study tonight is the aspect of paying total attention to God whenever He's speaking to us. And also looking at the role Eli played between the student and Samuel is giving me another perspective that he knew the right thing to do but he failed to do it at the right time. If he was able to guide Samuel to listen and pay attention to God, he should have done the same thing to his children. Two, Samuel would have missed God's voice, God's call, and whatever God was bringing his way, but I still thank God that he was able to guide him well at that time. Because if he didn't guide him, Samuel wouldn't know what God was saying. That is a lesson for me that the man knew the right thing to do. Why did he wait until the time that God was like punishing him? I also look at the way he responded to the prayer of uh, the mother of Samuel. And when he, she was praying in the temple, she, he was confused. He thought that the woman was drunk. Right. And the woman was not drunk. The problem he was having at that time was that God actually had left him. And... God doesn't operate in vacuum. He has to find somebody available. Samuel was found as, as a new face. And that's another lesson we need to learn as men, that when the work God is entrusting to our hands, is not going to end with us. It's a work that we continue. That, that, that's the reason why we need to prepare. Uh, we need to prepare our children, prepare the next generation for the work God is sending us to do. Because we can't do it all. Thank God I was able to guide Samuel way. That is another lesson we need. We must not miss as men. We need to prepare our children to know the right thing at the right time and to give them the beating at the right time so that they can run with the passion and the assignment ahead of them. I like the fact that this is, that was excellent, Amos. That's good. <clears throat> A little bit over my head. I had to step up my game just to understand it. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the thing about it is, and I, as we close this podcast, is this. You, you don't know what part of the story you are going to play. Mm-hmm. Eli may have thought that Absolutely. his line was going to go forever essentially where where the reality is this his life and his lineage really set the tone for Samuel mm-hmm. and his oh, life no yeah. and 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 his life and so that's what i want the men you men out there to understand is this you are part of the story 
but we don't necessarily know what part it is. Mm-hmm. Be a man, man up. The, you're, <clears throat> this is the Man Up Podcast, Spiritual Oasis for Men, changing the world. Did, uh, did I miss you, Kyle? Did you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, was, I, I a little rusty, you know, being out, you know. So, uh, Kyle Trahan, go ahead and finish it up. No, mine's easy. Um, well, not necessarily easy, but, you know, the point is that hearing God's call is sometimes very difficult. Hmm. Sometimes he can be mistaken. Samuel exhibited that by mistaking him as Eli, calling him. So sometimes we hear God's voice in different things. And so, you know, I, I know, Mike, you've talked about being called and, and you know, go to law school. You go, what the heck? Right. Really? Right. And so sometimes we also don't want to believe when we're called to certain things. And so it's, it's really just opening your heart to God to be able to speak in your life and hear it, whether it's easy or not, but always be listening. Excellent. Bill, and, you said one thing real quick. Let me yep, repeat what you do said. It. I honestly believe when God calls you, he'll repeat it just like you said. If something Absolutely. keeps coming back to you and coming back to you and coming back to you, more than likely that it's God. Yeah, I, go. I, I absolutely, believe, yes. <laughs> absolutely believe that. And so this is the Man Up Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, and on Twitter. What's our Twitter? Uh, Man Dash Up Sugarland. Man Dash Up Sugarland. And on our Facebook is Man Dash Up. We also have uh, some very awesome uh, cartoons uh Gabe Man the Caveman uh, seems to have uh, become our mascot. So uh, we we got some. We're gonna have to find fire and cook some deer. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we haven't we haven't gotten to that part yet either, though. But I, I'm I'm sure it's coming. So this has been the Man Up Podcast, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're changing the world one man at a time. Want to make sure that you know that you're welcome if you're ever in the Houston area to come on Sunday morning and join our Sunday school class or on Wednesday night uh, for our podcast. Or if you would like to submit a question, submit it on our Facebook page. We will muddy the water here with an answer on our podcast. So, <clears throat> want to make sure that uh, you join a, a Bible based church also join a small group adult bible fellowship try to find one where there's men only so you can you can be a man and be a leader and if there isn't one start one this is man up you've been listening to man up you want the truth you can't handle the truth dedicated to the uncommon man created by equally uncommon men if i were the man i was five years ago I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.